This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is possibly one of the saddest episodes that we've ever had to record, really. Um, just two years after sealing promotion back to the EFL under Dave Challoner, pulls are heading back to the National League. The result um, last week, unfortunately, wasn't enough for us to secure a final day showdown. I don't really know where to start with this one. Do you, Davo? I don't, mate. I don't. Like you say, it's just it's just very sad times at the moment for everyone associated with Hartlepool United. Um, and that's all I can really say at this moment. Obviously, we've said quite a lot of me over the last few weeks on social media, in person, on group chats and stuff. So I will leave it at that. Yes. Yeah, so let's just look back at the Barrow game. Obviously, a 3-1 win which was really positive. It was really good to see Jack Hamilton get on the score sheet. Obviously, we had Sterry um, bagging one and, of course, Connor Jennings producing the goods as he has become accustomed to recently. Um, a great CTC getting minutes and, and starting as well. That was really good to see him back on the pitch. I know when we spoke to him after the game, he was really um, you know, happy with that and, and just nice saying how nice it was to get back out playing again competitively you look at the overall performance it was completely different to the one where we just seemed shell-shocked and and not really up for it against Crawley which left many people questioning but I think my dad actually made quite a good point as well Pools are in a pretty tricky situation heading into that game in the in the terms of like if Pools turn up and let's say like we did and beat Barrow comfortably and played some really good football People will say, why didn't we do that last week against Crawley? But then you've also got the argument if Pools were, you know, to not turn up against Barrow, you'd be saying, well, why why aren't we giving it our role if we just decided, right, well, we're, da- we're almost less down, even though it wasn't mathematic. But 
basically all sealed and they just clearly can't be bothered. So it was a tricky one and I'm glad they chose to come out fighting. I'm glad, you know, we we had that little bit of belief in that game when we scored the goals and, and you were kind of thinking all it takes now is Walsall to get a last minute um, a last minute goal and obviously send it to the final day and a final day showdown under, um, you know, in front of a, a packed out crowd at Edgley Park um, under former manager Dave Chalner. Look, we played some really good football. I thought we looked good. Fez was really, really solid in the centre mid, the way he was controlling the game. He wanted the ball. He had that hunger, um, you know, to, to be involved in everything. I think we saw the best that we've seen Fergie this season, you could argue. He was getting, um, you know, he was getting further up the pitch. He was getting into really good positions. He was beating his man, getting balls into the box. And it was just like, this is the Fergie of old. And, you know, bittersweet because obviously it's come to the end of the season now. And, and that's, you know, one of probably, and it may sound harsh, but one of probably the only good performances that we've seen from Fergie this season. So, yeah, we come away with a 3-1 win and, and you know, it, it, it was positive. I, I felt good coming away that we'd actually, you know, given it a shot and, and played with some pride and played with, well, played the way we should have been playing the week before against Crawley. However, a bit sweet that is. Davo, what were your thoughts on the um, on the Barrow encounter? No, I completely agree. And I know I've gotten a little bit of a, a sticky point with the Northwest Corner on Twitter about my tweet and my, kind of my thought after the game, which... I mean, look, I understand what they're saying um, about we need the fight, obviously, from Newport, Salford, and then obviously the Crawley game. I, I agree, we did need that fight. We did need design. We did need a team who were going to be up for there. But you've just touched on it there. What I wanted to see last week and what I want to see on Monday is not a team who's rolling over, not a team who's going to go out whimpering. I want to see a team who are willing to at least show some character, show some fight, and show something on their way out of the Football League, and I think, you know, we knew last week, obviously from John Askey's press conference, he'd mentioned in one of his questions that he was asked that his lineup would show changes, and he was very brave with his team selection, but I do commend John Askey because he's picked 11 players who wanted to play for Hartlepool United, who wanted to pick up that shirt, and prove to the fans that, you know, they're willing to do what it takes, and Obviously, there was a lot of interesting things said after last week's game. Again, I commend John Askey for coming out. He was straight at the point. He was honest in telling us that there's players within this football club who don't want to be here, who have kind of tried to engineer moves to other football clubs and completely disrupted the performance. And I don't want to make excuses, but it does sound that maybe this has been the issue for the, the last few weeks. Because, you know, I've said to you, I've certainly said to a few other people that however you you look at this, things haven't been right since Good Friday. I know we won on that day, we beat Grimsby 4-1, but the performances following Good Friday haven't been right. Something's obviously been amiss. So my interpretation of the situation is that there's clearly been issues behind the scenes and it's got to a point where he's clearly said, right, OK, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to pick 11 players for that Barrow game. Who but I think it's important I to say, Davo, that seeing and interpreting from what was said there were players that refused to play how disappointing is that for you as a supporter who pays money imagine if supporters just said you know right well we've lost 
to uh, we've lost this game or I'm talking about in general of any football club you know I'm just going to refuse to go because my the player that I like most isn't playing or I'm not you know you've got to support them through thick and thin and how disappointing was it for you as someone who has continued to follow the club and along with a few others to practically every away game this season and does it feel like it's just been thrown back in your face? It's just appalling. It really is. What I can understand is one thing. Wanting to move away at the end of the season, that's fine. Like It happens in football. Players leave, players come in. It's part and parcel of the game. But what I don't understand, these individuals who have refused to play last week, they knew exactly how big a game Saturday was for the club's history and for the club's future in the Football League. So why would you try and disrupt that on such a big day for the football club. I don't understand. Like, But it must be said, not as important as the week before against Crawley. However, of course, point stands that players have refused to play. And we all know, we all know how a lot of us felt. We even said it in the group chat, didn't we, that no one had mentioned really how, oh yeah, you know, we've got over the hump day, so to speak, of Wednesday and we're coming towards the weekend, pools are playing again, which is usually the mantra we have, like it's just like get us to next Saturday. But, mm. you know, we, we all understand that. But the fundamental issue here is that the way you conduct yourself, you represent Hartlepool United Football Club until the end of the season. As you've said, I have no issue if Mo Silla, for example, I've heard rumours of him going to Bolton, I think a lot of people obviously have on social media. I have no issue if that's what he wants and if that's what's going to happen. Because let's be perfectly honest, if you're a player, you don't really want to be playing nationally, do you? You want to be playing the highest standard you can. I have no issue with that, but it's how you handle yourself. And I think him and whoever else refused to play should be embarrassed and really take a long, hard look at themselves. I know they won't, but, you know, that needs to be done because you can't be just refusing, oh, I'm not going to play because, you know, I want to protect my own interests. No, you fight for that shirt until the season ends. I mean, what bugs me most about, and I don't want to scapegoat Morsilla, but when you look at Morsilla as an individual, he is someone who we've all praised for weeks on end. We've we've said we've done nothing but compliment him, praise him on what a good midfielder he is. I mean, we've even done it on this podcast, we've done it in games. So it is a little bit of a shock to the system when he's been one of the players who have obviously been one of those individuals who have been causing disruptions, obviously on the training ground and and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it, it is disappointing and obviously it's not what you want to hear, especially when you're trying to, you know, fight for your safety in the football league. But it is what it is. It's football, it's a funny game, but we've just got to move on now and get through Monday and then I've no doubt in my mind that John Askey will be quite clear on where he wants this to go when it comes to retain lists and that kind of thing. Well, fingers crossed he gets the back in. I think that's the most important thing. So speaking of moving on, let's just quickly touch. I'm not really going to go into it much. Um, the On This Day game, obviously the day of recording, is the 4th of April. And we go back to Saturday the 4th of April 2009 when Pools hosted Hereford United in Coca-Cola League 1. League 1, Davo. Um, 
There was 3,579 there, which is interesting considering we're League One club and you look at the attendances we've been having in League Two and even the National League um, with pools running out for two winners on the day. So we now move on to a review of um, July to October. This is something that we're going to do. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be bleak, but... You know, we can't hide away from the fact that we've had. So this is part of our season review um, episodes in a way, you know, we've we've incorporated parts of that. So just the key stats before we do discuss it a little bit further. So between that period of July to October, Pulls lost 12 games, winning just three times and drawing the six. We conceded a whopping 40 goals in 21 games and scoring 17. So that's a goal difference of minus 23. Our biggest win was a 2-0 win against Harrogate, which I believe was, of course, in our favourite trophy, um, the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, but there were some major, shocking, majorly shocking results. Um, with a 6-0 defeat to Evan under-21s. Two 4-0 defeats. Now, one against a Blackburn side, who are obviously doing well in the Championship, but to start the season off with a 4-0 defeat to Walsall away was just... It set the tone, didn't it, for the season, Dav? I mean, talk to us about July to October. I mean, how was it being a Pulls fan in that period? Grim. Just absolutely grim. I mean, like you said, it did set the tone. And I remember coming away from that Warsaw game, making my way back up to Hartlepool. And one of the first things I said was, if this is going to be the standard, if it doesn't get any better than this, then you know exactly what kind of season we're in for. And obviously, I don't like to say I told you so, but obviously we know what's happened. And it was just a grim, grim couple of months for Pools. Obviously, you don't like to kind of, you know, be all doom and gloom and pessimistic because you, you like things to to pull out and you like to give things a chance. And we all wanted to give Hartley and his and his signings a chance to prove to us that the club had made the right decision in employing him and allowing him to bring in the players that he brought in from from Scotland and obviously the other players that he he managed to recruit as well. But sadly, things just didn't improve for Paul Hartley. Um, getting beat 4-0 on the opening day. We drew. I wasn't there, so I can't talk much about it. I was away on holiday, but we drew 0-0 at home to Wimbledon, which on paper, not a bad result, especially against a Wimbledon side who we all probably thought would have been up there challenging for promotion back to League One. Again, I wasn't at the League Cup game, but you've touched on it there, Jack. Um, a championship side. We probably didn't go to Ewood Park with any real ambitions to try and win that game, but it would have been nice to maybe see a performance. You know more than me, you were there. We went down to Northampton, probably unlucky not to get a point. I must say we got B2-1. Um, a point would have been um, a nice result down at Northampton. Again, a side who you don't really expect to get much against. Um, we played well that game. We played well. We did. We I did. Think... And it... Sorry. No, it's all right. I think it was one of our, you know, I'd been to three out of the opening four games and I wasn't, thankfully I wasn't at Walsall, 
But the Wimbledon game, you know, it doesn't really stick in the mind. We went to Blackburn not expecting much, but thinking, you know, it's the cup. You never know what's going to happen. All depends on their side and stuff. And it tore us a new one. And I think even as early on as the Blackburn game, you saw the cracks appearing with Hartley not acknowledging fans. That was just the start of things. Um, and then Northampton, as you say, like we went down there with the lads, didn't we? And I was pretty, I think we actually shot ourselves in the foot that game. I think we, if we come away from the game with a point, it would have been a deserving point. We missed some good chances and, and played some good football once we got going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you've touched on just the four first four games there. You know, we went to get on a point against uh, Tranmere, then... Bradford tore us apart at home and conceded another four at Orient before we managed to beat Harrogate 2-0. Then a couple more draws, um, one away, one at home. Then followed a couple of losses, one against Sutton, then in the um, Papa John's away at Morecambe, lost on penalties. Then again, a point, a couple of points, Mansfield coming back from 2-0, that, that was probably one of the first games I actually enjoyed this season in terms of making a comeback. Um, but again, we could have easily been a cricket score. Then go on to beat Doncaster, which was quite a surprise, um, but just proceed to not turn up at all against one of the bigger games of the season against Carlisle at home. Then and again, another really poor performance um, I think it was a lunchtime kickoff, wasn't it? Harrogate away, where we lost two one, and then Davo just talk to us about that. I know you were there, and um, that six nil defeat at home to Evan under twenty ones. That is probably the lowest I've ever felt being a Pills fan. And there's been, you know, I think I speak on behalf of probably all Pills. There's been quite a few moments like that. You know, there's a long list of low moments, but that was just it was just embarrassing. It, it really, really was. I mean. Uh, conceding one or two, and even still saying this is it's embarrassing. Really, you accept conceding goals; it's a part and parcel of football. But to get beat six nil to a point where we were even celebrating like the Everton goals going in at one stage of that game, it was just like, yeah, Kai Leatherin should have hung up his should have hung up his gloves after that game. I mean, watching the goals he was conceding, and then to kind of think, ah, oh, but then he's the one training our goalkeepers. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it, it wasn't good. But I'm going to take it back a notch there. Obviously, you mentioned Pills losing at Sutton, which obviously brought to an end the Hartley regime. He was sacked um, the day after. I remember coming home and obviously we stopped off and literally our phones all pinged to say the club had decided to bring to an end the Hartley regime. I mean, I think arguably, you know, we'll all look back at that decision in the summer and look at that as probably being one of the biggest factors of why the club has descended into the depths that we have gone into this season. He shouldn't have lasted that long. To be fair, you know, it's interesting you say that because I remember having similar discussions around this time because obviously we went down to Colchester, should have won. We were winning 1-0. All we had to do was control the game. We conceded a late, late goal against Colchester to deny us three points, should have won there. But I remember having, like you say, these conversations at the time thinking... How long does this go out for? Because I honestly thought the club would have given till Christmas. Because we took the gamble on on Paul Hartley, I thought, well, to sack him on the weekend of September 17th, I thought, 
is that too soon for the club? Will they leave it for another couple of weeks? Will they give them till maybe Christmas? But yeah, I mean, there was nothing was there to suggest he had the right to stay on his heart to United manager. I mean, I mean, his zero percent win rate says all you need to know. Four draws, seven losses. Well, we beat Harrogate and the Papa John under Hartley, so he's won one game. <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm talking like league perspective wise. Uh, um, if my if the stats are correct from looking at that, obviously he's won the Papa John's game, but from a league point of view, we were just absolutely, yeah, dire. Um, yeah. but he didn't win any league games. Um, no, it's the point of my message. Um. Let's just quickly end on this little bit of the review with the win against Grimsby Town. And I think that win, kind of, we thought, you know what? We might be able to start slowly turning the ship around. Although it's like turning the cruise ship. There's positives there. We've, you know, we've we've beaten a good Grimsby side. Um, Obviously, there was no surprise when Gav Houlihan um, decides to crop up in the sixth minute. Um, and, and score that goal but 78th minute Alex Lacey scores 82 um, it's an own goal and you know that that was one of the positives of, of those opening months wasn't it it was and of course just to put it out there it was a nice nice birthday win from the boys because that was of course on the 29th of October that Grimsby win well yeah you had to get that in there didn't you Davo well, of course of course we haven't had much to get you know cheery about this year Jack so and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, just a little bit of optimism in what is a quite a sad episode. Well, yeah, I mean, you you won on your birthday. At least you weren't spending your birthday in crew like me and seeing as just... <laughs> well, we were just awful, weren't we? But that'll come in a later um, part of our season review episodes, which I'm sure all the listeners cannot wait for because it's such a... You know, you just feel fantastic talking about how uh, crap we've been, don't you? Um, but swiftly moving on, we are going to discuss the upcoming game against Stockport County. We'll have season ticket news, which was recently released by the club yesterday, in fact. And Eddie Kyle hung up the microphone, so to speak, last weekend. So we've got the tribute from um, from the Pulls website that... Our very good friend Rob Law from BBC Radio Tees pulled together and we will also have our own little say. So that's what's to come in the rest of the episode. 
Moving forward now, and it is time for the Stockport review, rather, not the review. (laughs) And after the relegation, back to the National League was confirmed last weekend, despite a 3-1 home win against Barrow. John Askey takes his side to promotion contender Stockport for what will be our final dance in the EFL. Managed by our former manager, Dave Challoner, the hat has come into this fixture knowing that if they win and results around them go well, Automatic promotion could well be achieved, which would see Stockport compete in League One potentially next season. Their last outing came last weekend when they travelled to the Champions Leighton Orient and came away with a huge 3-0 win. In the last six games, Stockport are the division's informed side, winning four, drawing two and losing no games. Our last meeting came on the 3rd of December 2022, where we were beaten quite emphatically 5-0, less said, the better. Finally, the top goal scorer for Stockport this season is Kyle Wotton, who has registered 14 goals and 4 assists. And if you are deciding not to travel down to Manchester this coming Monday for whatever reason, I think it's quite understandable that people are choosing to maybe not go, then the game is available to watch on Sky Sports. More specifically, I think you said this morning, Jack, it is on Sky Sports Arena. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And that brings to, for the final time this season, it is time for our predictions. Jack, Jack, Jack. I'm going <laughs> to let you go first. <laughs> Standard. Um, yes, obviously the game is on Sky. And I completely echo the sentiments of your good self, uh, Davo. Um, in regards to understanding why people will not be making the journey to Stockport. I don't mind admitting myself that I will not be there on Monday. Um, I'll not be going to the game. However, I will be backing the lads on Sky Sports. I can't see us getting anything. I think Stockport will win 2-0. Um, yeah. yeah. There's such a good side and I just want to say this as well. Dave Chandler spoke after our relegation, funnily enough, um, you know, back back to the EFL, uh, back to the EFL, from the EFL even. I wish it was promotion back to the EFL already. Um, now, obviously, you know, DC DC did come out and say, say a few words. Um, and I think that just says an awful lot about the guy. I'll just read what he said as well. I know firsthand the hard work that went into promotion there. I won't be embroiled in mudslinging. The club and supporters will be hurting. I know how much the club means to that town and just really hope there are good times to come. I just think like that that would be the perfect way to finish the episode. Obviously, we're not going to finish it like that. But Dave Chandler, I, I hope on Monday there's no bad words, nothing towards him because, for one... He's never, ever since he left the club, chucked mud at the club, ever. He's been classy throughout. He, in my opinion, one of the best managers we have ever had at the football club and one of the best managers we will ever have because I don't see us for a very long time. I hope John Askey can, you know, prove to be a fantastic appointment. However, Dave Chaloner, 
yeah, I know I know I'm going away from what we were discussing. I think I think my point is that, you know, obviously emotions will be running high on Monday when we go there. It'll be difficult not to potentially bite. I know Stockport fans will be doing the best to um wind pose fans up, I don't doubt. Um but look, just treat DC with respect like he has for us. Um, I think that would be my message to Pose fans. Look, I'm not expecting you to be worshipping worshiping him or anything along those lines. But what I do expect is for the to be nothing chucked his way because he's the reason we got back in the EFL. And without him, who even knows where the club would be? I know we're going back to the National League, but yeah. So I know you asked me for a prediction, but I just wanted to get that in there really um, as well. You know, I think it was important to say. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with a, a 2 0 pose defeat, maybe 2 1. We might score one. It'd be good Good to see that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't see us getting much. What about you? Well, we got there eventually, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, looking at our series, though, it was a, a good point that you've that you've raised. I mean, DC's had a lot chucked back at him, and obviously he's, his hands have been tied. He's, he's had very little way of wriggle room to kind of come back and say something. So, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I'm sure DC will be classy again on Monday. You know, I think he'll come over and acknowledge the Pose fans. So, yeah, I, I would definitely get on board with what you've just said. But it is a shame you're not going on Monday, Jack, because I've always fancied you dressing up as a cowboy. Well, yeah, I think if I was going, though, um, yeah. Yeah, let's let's leave that topic of discussion. I'm not taking that any further. Um, But yeah, what's your prediction? I mean, 2-0 I take, because I thought you were going, considering you'd said we were going to get beat 4-0 the other week, I thought you might have went a little bit higher. And I wouldn't have blamed you, because I I do think, I mean, look, there's an opportunity for Stockport to go automatically, which they're going to be relishing. So I'm going to go 3-0 Stockport. I'm as optimistic as they come. I love being optimistic. I'm always positive, but going to Stockport, I think I think they're going to be too strong for us. I really do. They've got a good side and they've got a lot of hunger on Monday. So I think if we can score at least a goal, I'd be happy, but at a league's minimum, 3-0 Stockport. Why are we being realistic for once? Makes a nice change. <sighs> it's hard, isn't it? I'd love to be positive. I'd love to say, yep, yeah, I was going to win 2-1, but I just... I'm not being awful. We're just not. We're just not. Especially like if the team selection is going to be of a similar look of what we picked on on Saturday, just gone. So, especially with our back four, back five as well, that goes out well, saying. Yeah, I'll swiftly be... moving on to uh, season ticket news that got released. Yes, obviously yesterday. that came out yesterday. Obviously, the club released the article on the website. I will give that a quick read now. So, yesterday they were pleased to provide fans with information on our 2023-24 season ticket campaign, as well as an important announcement on ticketing software, two for the price of one. <laughs> the club have recognised fan feedback that the current ticketing system does not does now sorry allow for a user-friendly experience. I hope it we does. Del- <laughs> well, this is it. We are delighted to announce that we have partnered with Future Ticketing following a period of extensive research, which will see an up-to-date Innovative, innovative, and easy to use system for our fans. I wish it was easy for me to use that word there. <laughs> the partnership also includes brand new hardware 
for our turnstile operators to use. And finally, the scanning of e-tickets will, will be encouraged to save queuing times and inconvenience to our supporters. I don't think we've got to worry about queuing times next season, Pools. But swiftly moving on, <laughs> season tickets and match day tickets will be available digitally or in hand form. But we would like to encourage fans to use the digital option, including Google and App Wallet tickets where possible. Customers will also be able to access their account, view their friends and family members and previous orders. There will also now be the option to purchase tickets with a credit or debit card, Apple Pay or Google Pay, rather than having a PayPal account. While we are working through this migration process from our old provider to our new provider, this causes a slight delay in season ticket launch. The club would like to reassure fans, however, that once we are live with future ticketing, the benefits of the system will contribute to our, our close season objective of improving the overall experience. The club can also confirm the following pricing for our season 2023-24 campaign with early bird tickets on sale from Tuesday the 30th of May until Friday, Friday sorry, the 30th of June, where standard pricing will take effect. The pricing has been benchmarked against all clubs within the National League and has been reduced in line with our unfortunate and disappointing drop from the EFL. Supporters who take advantage of our early bird offer will secure their place for just £14.13 per game for an adult price ticket and just £10.87 for concessions with all early bird adult sales receiving six games for free. Now, I've so got a question to... for you. Do you reckon that's six games for free, as in like you get six match tickets for free to give to family or friends? Or is it six of the equivalent of six of them games are free? Well, funnily enough, I was talking to my dad about this the other day and neither of us could fully comprehend what this meant. No, it's not very so clear. I would be the first to ask when I go down to renew what that actually means. Oh, I bet because you I can get... I'm not getting too excited because it'd be something anyway. Time yeah. will tell. If you want to check the prices, though, go on the website because Daryl doesn't really want to spend his air. No, I will. Reading every price bracket. <laughs> anyway, we'll do it. For context, we'll do it. We're here now. I've got the prices in front of me, so we may as oh, well do it. Can't wait. Brilliant, Jack. Sarcasm, eh? <laughs> anyway, adult early bird price is a £325 concessions, 250 under 18s, 95 under 14s, 50 under 5s and carers are both free. If you do take up the standard pricing, adults will then go up to 345 concessions, 265 under 18s, 105 under 14s, £60, and under 5s and carers will remain free. I should hope so. Of course you do. <laughs> Not that I benefit from either of them. I was, um, going, I was going to say. But yeah, I mean, if you ever want to nominate me as you care, I'm more than happy for that. Um, right, we need to restore some uh, calm and seriousness to this episode because I feel like we're uh, getting a bit giddy. Anyway, thanks for reading out all the prices. I'm sure listeners will much appreciate that. Um, and giving us the season ticket news. Um, I would just cl- like to clarify, Davo had taken the mic slightly away from his mouth when we were talking about the migration of the new systems. So what he did indeed say was shock, not anything else that may have seemed like was used. Um, 
so we are an expletive free podcast um but anyway final <laughs> final part of this episode then is as we said a tribute to eddie kyle now if you're unsure who eddie is he is an expert summarizer um for or he was anyway um for bbct sport and i'm just going to read this piece by rob law that was posted on the official club website. So those who are regular listeners to BBC Radio T Sport will be familiar with our expert, Arlipool United summariser, Eddie Kyle. Eddie was the assistant manager to Alan Murray here at Pools in the early 90s, guiding the club back through equally turbulent but euphoric moments. From beating Palace in the FA Cup back in 93, where Eddie appeared from a dugout wearing shorts and T-shirt, in below freezing conditions in a bid to convince the ref to let the game go ahead as the pitch struggled to thaw out. For the past 13 years, Eddie has been a staple of the press box here at the Suit Direct. He's been witness to promotions, relegations and everything in between. His love of the club, together with the knowledge of the game, is unmatched. Sadly, after 13 years, Eddie has decided this season is his last behind the microphone. I mean, based on this season's performances, you couldn't blame him, could you? But uh, that was not in a statement, of course. Um, Without wanting to speak for him, I know this hasn't been an easy decision and one he certainly hasn't taken lightly. In true Eddie fashion, he'll want to bow without too much acclaim or fanfare. But having shared the airways with him for many years, I refuse to let him off that easy. For my money, Eddie is one of the best summarisers in the business, bar none, and I really mean that. He studies the opposition intently and isn't afraid to say it like it is, one of the many things I admire hugely about him. When I first started doing the Pulse commentaries, he couldn't have been more helpful. He had more belief in me than I had myself at the time, something I'll be forever grateful for. We've shared some incredible memories since, none so more than that afternoon at Ashton Gate in the promotion final. I remember as the game headed into extra time after the Lucas Kovalan equaliser, I was convinced Pulls were doomed for another season in the National League. Eddie, however, was unwavering in his optimism, sounds a bit like you, Davo, and their belief that Pulls would come out on top. Not for the first time, Eddie proved to be right that day as he sang over the airwaves. Weymouth no more, Woking no more. I can't put into words how much I'll miss having him along Side me for the ride through all the ups and downs of covering a club like Hartlepool. I know many of you who listen will miss his contributions just as much. That being said, he's already sorting out his season ticket for next season, so he won't be too far away, especially if you enjoy a pint in the corner flag after the game. Well, I must say, Davo, that was a really touching tribute there from Rob. As ever, a man who is classy with his words. I'll just say a little bit on Eddie before... Um, you do any lasting thoughts and then we'll wrap up this episode but look for someone who doesn't live in the town like myself and, and has had to rely on the radio commentary especially in the National League days being at uni I fully echo what Rob's been saying for me Eddie Kyle is one of the best Um, you know the way he talks about the game the way as Rob said he's not afraid to say how it is is, is really refreshing and he just has that natural um, talent for radio, really, and that type of role. So we, of course, wish him all the best um, as you know we head um, into a new season, which will obviously be um, without Eddie joining Rob Law. Now, Davo, two questions for you. Well, one's just 
asking you to give your thoughts on Eddie Kyle. But can you confirm or deny any rumours that you may be um, interested in the role at BBC T-Sport as expert summariser? Well, <laughs> I won't be commenting at such time <laughs> on any speculation. Um, if BBC T's do want to approach me, then I am open. I am free for negotiations, but time <laughs> will tell, of course. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of contenders up for Eddie's seat. Huge boots to fill, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is quite sad. You know, Eddie has been remarkable in his job and, and the connection that him and Rob have, have built over the, the many years of doing Pearl's commentaries is, is something that is very rare in, in, in the world of broadcasting. Every time you listen to them, it's it's just a great delivery. They both deliver to the highest level, and I'm full of admiration for both Eddie and Robin. And like Rob said, and like many people have probably said, he will be missed, you know, on the radio on a Saturday. But thankfully, like you say, he'll be back on the boys next season, no doubt, in the uh, in the terraces. Hopefully it's a good season next season under John Askey. Um, but yeah, very sad, obviously. Me being a bit older than you, it's all I've known on BBC TV. You turn it on, it's Rob, it's Eddie. So, yeah, it will be different, but I'm sure, you know, it all came at the right time, especially with our unfortunate and sad relegation. Well, I must say, I did enjoy speaking to him as well in the corner flag um, after the game on Saturday. I know we popped in. Um, I enjoyed the conversation thoroughly up until the point that he uh, mentioned his allegiance to one side of Glasgow and then things uh, changed quite drastically. But uh, we'll we'll leave that conversation because this is HFC chat and we talk about polls, of course. So, yeah, that wraps up this episode of HFC chat. Look, Monday could be a very difficult day, but, well, not just Monday, moving forward as well. However, one thing I will say is that I do thoroughly hope the good times will be back. But in the meantime, we need to continue to give the lads the support in any way that is, whether you follow the club from afar, whether you get to games week in, week out, or you just get to the odd game. However you back HFC, don't drop off doing that because we've dropped out of the league. You know, it's it's just as important that we continue to be there um, because... As you've said many times, and as I'll have said, Davo, the club is the fans' club. We will be there longer than anyone has a stint at the club, whether that be a player, management, ownership. We've just got to continue backing the lads. We've got to continue keeping the faith. And most importantly, we never say die. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.